Welcome to the Two Acre Homestead Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin. And Lisa. And today we're going to answer the question, are you prepared? Welcome to the Two Acre Homestead. Come along with us on our journey from a small suburban homestead lifestyle to our new lifestyle homesteading in the rural countryside of Southern Arizona. We'll share with you our tips, tricks, successes, and failures from both our past suburban lifestyle to our new rural lifestyle, all on the Two Acre Homestead. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for listening. So today we are talking about a little bit more of a serious topic, but um, we see that, I I think everybody can see this, but um, if you pay attention to the news at all, or if you go grocery shopping or shopping for food for your animals or anything of the sort, there are supply chain issues there's a food there's food shortages going on there's a financial crisis and there's even you know saber rattling so to speak um, possible global war and then we're all looking at the global pandemic kind of in our rearview mirror so to speak and as homesteaders we're kind of in a unique position to physically weather that storm But what if you're not able to homestead right now? What if you're not able to grow your own food? What if you have to rely on the grocery store? There are some things that we think you could implement that can bring a little bit more stability to your family, to your household going forward. Yep, some good things. So, you know, maybe the first thing on people's minds are food. Mm-hmm. How do you prepare yourself uh, with food, even if you're not homesteading? Right. And food is often the most expensive line item on anyone's budget, um, especially these days, because inflation is just out of control. So we recommend that when you're at the store, try to buy two or three of the items you're already purchasing. Because likely those are the items, I sure hope, that those are the items that you're eating and consuming. Um, So if there are things that you can stock up on, try to buy just two or three more of those items and stock up on them. And if you keep doing that, eventually you're going to have a, a nice amount of food storage. Um, The goal usually is about three weeks worth of food storage. Certainly, if you can have more, that would be better. But um, definitely try to stock up. Do it slow. Don't create debt just to get your pantry stocked up. I think that's a good tip. And, you know, I've heard some say, oh, well, that's hoarding. Well, you know, kind of laugh at that. Hoarding might be, you know, you buy a hundred of... I don't know what a hundred bottles of ketchup and you're never going to eat them. Right. Right. But times are such that you might go and you see that there's nothing on the shelf for that item. Right. Right. Or it's so expensive. You can't afford it. 
Right. It, it jumps and it jumps, right? So there's even things in the news about different companies that, you know, they keep raising prices because of whatever, supply chain issues, costs of materials, whatever. Mm-hmm. But even just buying a couple extra, a few extra, that's smart. Because even if you're just shielding yourself a little bit from the price mm-hmm. of what you pay overall, then, you know, you're being prepared. You're not, you're not, hoarding it you're not putting away a hundred never going to use it right you're just right at least a little bit shielding yourself from not just the cost but not having it mm-hmm. going there and you ran out or you're running out and now you can't get it and then right. the next month you can't get it because it isn't there right and and to go along with that the other thing that we suggest is learn how to store food properly. That is so important because there's nothing worse than having food saved up, food stored, but then you've stored it improperly to where the food spoils or it spoils quicker than it should. Because then in effect, you're actually kind of wasting your money by not doing it properly. So, um, so you want to learn different ways to store different foods. So for example, you know, when should you use Mylar bags versus Ziploc bags? Well, Mylar bags are really, that's a, that's an item. If you're storing something in a Mylar bag, that is for long term storage, If you're storing something in a Ziploc bag, that should be for short-term storage and not for the long-term. And then, you know, should you store potatoes next to onions? Did you know that onions put off a gas that makes your potatoes spoil a lot quicker? So they should be on opposite ends of your pantry. Um, And, you know, pumpkins and squashes and you know, some people have asked the question, what's the difference between a summer squash and a winter squash? But they're all squashes. Well, you know, a winter squash is a squash that has a thick skin and that can be stored in your pantry for as long as your pantry is nice and cool. It can be stored for months. That's why they call it a winter squash, because that's a squash that you're storing for winter. So, A perfect example is like butternut squash, acorn squash, pumpkins. Pumpkins are popular right now as of the recording of this because we're in fall. So you see pumpkins everywhere. This is the perfect time to store pumpkins. You can use that later. Um, But how do you properly store them? Well, they need to be where it's cool, where it's dark. They need to be, um, if you've grown them yourself, you need to rinse off any dirt that's on them, and then you can store them properly in a nice, cool area in your pantry. So learning some of those, learning some of those things, learning how to store things properly is really essential. Um, another thing that uh, I think people get mixed up too is with things like um, bread, flowers, you know, can you store flour just in a bag? 
in the bag that you buy it in in the store. If you're storing it for long, you know, for long-term purposes, well, that's not going to be a good idea. You want to put it maybe in a food grade bucket or um, a glass jar, something like that. You do want to maybe freeze it first to make sure that there's no bugs. I know personally, I've never experienced that with any of my food storage where, you know, there's little weevils and stuff like that in there. But if that's something that concerns you, freeze it first, then store it. Um, That way you make sure that there's nothing in your flour at all. But um, yeah, definitely food storage is very, very important. And check us out on YouTube. It's not coming out this week, but sometime uh, the first part of November, we do have a video coming out on food storage. And we'll get into that. And that video will will take a deep dive into that. Yep. And it's not just food you should be concerned with too, right? You know, the pantry is a big area. Like you said, it's um, what a big line item mm-hmm. um, when it comes to your budget. But think about uh, sizing up when it comes to clothing. Now, I know we've got two littles. They eat a lot. A friend of ours jokingly asked me, what are you feeding them, gunpowder? <laughs> because they just grow. Yep. And so that's something to think about. I know that's something you've done is shirts, pants, sweatpants, you know, shoes, those type of things. Get the next size up, get the next size up beyond that and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you do that, then you're preparing for those type of shortages or oops Mm-hmm. The reason why they're eating so much is they're going through that growth spurt and now those things don't fit, right? Right. Those are some good key areas to think about as well, not just uh, the pantry. Yeah, where where the where our kids are concerned, what I've been doing is I have like one of our sons right now is in a 3T, our youngest, he's a 3T. And um he, in theory, should be inheriting his older brother's clothes, but um, they, they're pretty neck and neck with each other right now. But um, what I do is I really don't buy clothes for the youngest. The youngest inherits his brother's clothes. But where his brother is concerned, I buy um, sizes not just for where he's at today, but I buy sizes like two or three sizes up. And then what I do is I just simply store them in the closet. So that way, as they grow, the youngest inherits the oldest clothes. And the oldest already has clothes purchased for him. Like I've already pretty much purchased his clothes for all of his play clothes for all of next year, all of next summer, those sizes have already been purchased and they're just sitting in a closet. That's all they're doing. Um, And I buy them at a, you know, when the season ends. So like right now, all the summer stuff has been on a deep discount. So 
I, you know, instead of saying, well, I think next year he's going to be this size, I'll buy next year's size and the, and hopefully the year after. That's how I do that with my kids. So that way we're not, you know, trying to rush out and buy clothes and shoes. Oh my goodness. Shoes. Especially for little boys, their shoes, I mean, it feels like they're just as expensive as adult shoes at this point, but doing the same thing with their shoes, buying, sizing up, and don't be afraid to let your kids grow into their clothes too. If they, like our kids, they've got some clothes that are a little bit big for them. That's okay. They're going to grow into it, you know? Um, so just trying to size up the clothes, especially when you know you've got those people in your home that are growing. Now, the adults of the house, we should not be sizing up, but <laughs> hopefully we're not sizing up our clothes. Hopefully but, there won't be any more lockdowns. <laughs> so you put down the pandemic 30 or 20 or whatever. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we talked a bit about um, the pantry the closet, so to speak, right, with clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's not just when it comes to eating and so on, it's not just that. But what about staying healthy, mm-hmm. vitamins or other things? What what things have you done to uh, be prepared in that area? Well, that's something I, I feel very strongly about. And I will premise this by saying I'm not an herbalist. I'm not a naturopathic doctor. I'm not. Um, I'm not anything in the medical community. So, um, this is just what I'm about to say is just for our family. I'm not giving medical advice, but um, I would say learn herbal medicines. Learn how to take care of yourself through herbal medications. If you do take prescription medications, try your best to get 90 days worth of those prescription meds. Um, And if there's medications that you take, like the Tylenols, the Advil, you know, the the -the over-the-counter medications, when you do get sick, try stocking up on that as much as possible, especially going into the winter months, because during the winter, you're inside more, you're not outside as much. So, you tend to get sick a little more often. For us, our preference is herbal medicine. We find that to be the most effective. So you want to learn how to make tinctures. Um, Learn how, and basically learn how herbs work. There are a lot of books out there that will teach you herbal medicine. Um, And I suggest go get yourself some books, get some education, learn how to put together an apothecary cabinet for you and your family, um, and learn what works for you and your family. Um, and know, know the difference. Um, know that there are different herbs, not just the popular ones, but learn some of the, the less popular herbs as well. Like for example, Um, when we, as a family, when we've been exposed to somebody who's sick or we've feel like, you know, a little sniffle coming on, we do 
echinacea. Now, we follow a very strict routine with echinacea. Um, We only do it for uh, several days and several times out of the day. We use a tincture for it and tea as well for the kids. But, you know, echinacea is good for an emergency when you need to boost it for a couple of days. But for the long haul, for the long game, astragalus root is perfect. It's, I like to call it the polite. It's a, it, it's not so in your face. It, 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 it's not so strong as echinacea. It's a little bit more mild, but taking just a little bit of astragalus root every single day. Of course, you want that in a tincture form, but taking just a little bit of that every single day will help boost your immune system. Um, And, you know, there are other things like, I, I think probably most people know about elderberry syrup, but, you know, that's another thing that will help you with your immune system. And there are different things too, like we, we use, um, we use uh, uh, fermented garlic that is a natural antibiotic. We ferment our own garlic that we grow and we use that when we are really sick. And, um, and that's our natural antibiotic that we choose to use. Again, this is something that our family chooses to use and we use it and it's very effective for us, for you the listener, you want to find out what works for you. Because like I said, I'm not giving medical advice, but I'm just simply stating what works for us. But um, learning herbal medicine and stocking up on those things, this is the time to do that. Um, Especially right now, before we're already heading into the winter season. So. And speaking of seasons, um, this time of year, seasonal items come about, you know, you have to have all your pumpkin spice, right? <laughs> but what kinds of things have have um, we done as far as being prepared? Well, um, you know, blankets is one thing, right? When it gets colder. Lots of blankets. Some rooms sometimes are a little colder than others. It's just the nature of how things work sometimes. But having blankets, um, wood, especially if you have a fireplace where you're uh, burning wood to, to stay warm, uh, oil, some, some use oil. Um, what else? Let's see, uh, springtime, you know, s- adequate screens for windows. So when it comes to that, you might find one of your, how do you say this, your local smaller hardware stores. If you have some screens that, you know, let bugs in and so on, you can measure and you can have them, make one for you for a little bit extra. Yeah, you could do it yourself, but that's that's one thing that uh, I know I've done. Um, and of course, in the cold months, do you have adequate insulation? You can buy different kits for doors and windows, for example, uh, foam or rubber or whatnot, um, thresholds to keep bugs out and things like that. Um, are, if they're not in good condition, you know, think about those, replace those, um, especially when it gets cold, the bugs want to find a warm place and you don't want that place to be inside your house. 
And you don't want the wind and the cold drafting through the doors either. Right, because then that increases your heating, your cooling, and so on. Yep. Um, And, of course, depending on the time of year, going into winter, do you have, you know, an external heater just in case if something happens? There are oil-burning ones, for example. Um, In the warmer months, do you have fans that work? Um, if you have air conditioning, when it's that season, is it working properly? And then if you're going into the cold months, your heating system, is that working properly? So the heating and cooling systems are important. Um, it's good to have a plan. Do you have those checked regularly? Do you have somebody come out to do the preseason maintenance on those units? For instance, going into winter you don't want a problem with it. Maybe there's some part or something that that needs fixed, needs replaced. Um, you know, get your he- heating and cooling company to come out. They can service that. It might be beneficial to spend the, you know, let's just say $200 or whatever it is, instead of spending a lot more money down the road, basically, um, to have it maintained. So as you go into a new season, before you go into a new season, those are some things that you can think about as well. Um, in staying prepared. And also, if I can just throw in redundancies. So if you if you have a heating system in your home, can you also heat your house with wood or oil or other means? Same thing with cooling. Um, you know, if your AC is broken, we've had that happen before. <laughs> Living in Phoenix, Arizona, in the middle of summer, if your AC goes out, do you have other ways to cool your house down Um, or at least get it cool-ish? Sorry for those of you who are in Phoenix, but cool-ish in the summer. Um, But having those redundancies is really important as well. Yep, that's a good, good thing to think about. So yeah, these are just a few tips on how you can stay prepared. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to have a bunker. You don't have to have that 2,000 square foot storeroom. Well, we don't, but you know, there's, there's ways to be prepared, different levels and so on. The more things you implement, um, probably the less stress when one or two or more of these things um, happen. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And you just want to focus on what you can do and let everything else be where it is. I mean, you can only do so much. Well, this is it for us. This is our season finale. Um, So the next two months for November and December, we won't be doing our normal podcast the way that we are doing it right now. But we are happy to introduce to you guys that even though we're going to be in air quotes, taking the next two months off, you will still hear us on this podcast, but we're going to have the podcast in a different format. And that is we're happy to announce that we're going to be doing what's called podcast shorts. I get to wear shorts. No. Oh, shorter in length. Shorter in length. Gotcha. (laughs) So for the next two months, our podcast will will still be airing um, every week 
every Thursday or Friday, depending on when it gets uploaded. Um, we will be uploading those the way we normally do, but it's going to be shorter in length. So the podcast shorts are going to be more of a five to 10 minute length. And some of them will be on serious topics. Some of them, but most of them are going to be just some of the things that have happened to us in the past. Um, short storytelling about our past in homesteading in the suburban setting. Um, we've got some funny stories lined up for you guys. So hopefully they'll make you laugh. And then we also have some topics that we'll be dealing with uh, more on homemaking, more on cooking, and some tips and tricks there as well. So that is it for us for this season. Remember to visit our website, thetwoacrehomestead.com, and Instagram, YouTube, all the things. Yes, Instagram and YouTube, that's pretty much all that we're on. We don't yep. tick and we don't talk. So, And our website, be sure to subscribe to our newsletter as well. Yes. Because as you mentioned in a previous episode, when you subscribe to the newsletter, those uh, articles don't uh, appear on the website but they're delivered directly to your email. Yes, though those articles have different content than what you will find on our website. Um, and sometimes, for example, the the newsletter that's coming out this week will go into a deeper dive than what we just it's about this topic, what we just talked about here on the podcast, but it goes into a much deeper dive than what you guys experienced on the podcast. So be sure to sign up for our newsletter. Sounds good. Thanks for listening, everybody. We re really appreciate your support. It's been fun to talk mm -hmm. this season, and uh, we'll look forward to sharing with you some more in our podcast shorts. Yes. Until next time, we'll see you in January. Yep. So until next time, from all of us here, to all of you out there, Happy homesteading and be safe out there.